This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. What's crack a lacking? Jerry and Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, well, that was random. <laughs> right, crack a lacking. Oh, my goodness. It's Jerry and Tracy, obviously. Back Dang. with uh, episode 108 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. Hello, hello. Hope everybody's had a great weekend. Ours has been pretty great, busy as usual, but that's how we roll. Yes, that is how we roll. We roll. Presumably, we'll be rolling in wheelchairs. I know. Seriously, I can't hang. I can't hang no more. And you know, I didn't I mean, even mention last week we had gotten back and started recording, and Tracy had thrown a surprise birthday party for me. Yay! And I had all kinds of people from all different facets of my life. And it was really touching because I don't think I've ever had that many different people from that many different areas of my life in the room at one time. Oh, good, honey. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So It was cool. And then uh, it meant so much to me. We came back here and recorded it. I didn't even mention it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. I'm thinking, I wonder why. And then it was okay. Yeah, I had, It was great. It I was rem- a great day. Yeah, I remembered right after. I'm like, why in the world did we not? So I made a point to bring it up first oh, and foremost. Well, you're welcome, sweetheart. You deserve it. So while we're jumping into this, thank you to all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. You God guys bless are awesome. you guys. Oh, gosh. God bless you all. We just, I think we're in awe of you guys for real what you do on a daily basis and um, we just can't thank you enough and we appreciate you guys and we say our prayers every day for you guys and thank you for keeping us safe and since we're on that subject don't forget that we have our wall of heroes on oh, our gosh, website yes. hillbillyhorrorstories.com where you can also find our store but go there and check out the wall of heroes it is filling up nicely we keep getting a few more now there's like it took us a while to really get it started it was like slow coming in now we've got like I bet there's 35 or 40 on there. Mm-hmm. It's so, great. You guys send those pictures in. Yep. So, so if we you can look at your adorable faces. If you if you got a friend or family member that has passed, um, that that's no longer with us, obviously send oh, the, send yes, their picture please. in, and we uh, we put a little purple heart on all the ones that are gone. I know uh, we've had one that was a police officer, and we put the blue line uh, mm. underneath of them, everything. So oh, God yep. bless him. Uh, as usual, if you're struggling. Uh, with depression, if uh, you need to talk to somebody, the suicide hotline here in the United States, 1-800-273-8255. If you're not much of a talker and would rather text, it's 741-741. And uh, as always, you have anybody in our Facebook group, you've got Tracy and myself. And trust me, whether you realize it or not, you've got friends and family members in your personal everyday life that would be more than willing to lend an ear and uh, talk you through anything you might be going through. True story. So don't suffer by yourself. We're here to give you extra love and hugs because we love you and you're worth it. So we're going to do the, uh, as usual, 
per usual recently we're going to be doing the patreon and the itunes uh reviews a little bit later in the show we do have a couple of live events coming up that i do want to touch base on because one of them is going to come into play with tonight's show the first live event that we're going to talk about is uh up in cincinnati october 27th that's a saturday tickets are only ten dollars it is twisted philly us and bro yeah we're going back to our old stomping ground yeah that was where we had our first live show and I'm telling you, this is crazy, the ticket sales on this thing. They've been out for right out a month. We, we were going to go back to Rooster. It's the first place we did, but it only seats 55 people, which should have been enough. It was enough last time. But unfortunately, or I guess fortunate for us, unfortunate for Roosters, because we canceled, <laughs> because we have sold 55 tickets already. Mm-hmm. So we had to move to an awesome place that seats 100 seats. Nice. Yep, so it's going to be really cool. I know I was talking to Nick from uh, Bro Ohio. They're going to have a multi-unit uh, stereo system, PA oh, system. Cool. And they're going to have a projector set up when, uh, so we can do PowerPoint presentations or you know, Nick and Elm show Pornhub, whatever they're going to do. Oh, my gosh. But we'll have a, a projection set up and everything. So this is going to be a top-of-the-line event. And it's only 10 bucks. Yeah, well, I know this is wrong, but is there going to be food? Yes, there's going to be food. Matter of fact, this place is called the uh, Firehouse Grill, and it's right outside of Cincinnati in Blue Ash. Oh, this, I love their subs. That is not the sub place. Oh, it ain't? No. That's, What's that place called? It's Firehouse Subs. Oh. <laughs> yeah. This is a little a little a better restaurant than that. Oh, well, my they, bad. They've got a full menu. This is like a, a, a giant catered room. I'm talking oh, white, nice. white linen tables. <gasps> We're talking Ooh, candles. What? We're yeah, it's fancy. Yeah, this place is, is pretty fancy for real. This Aww. is by far a place that none of us deserve to be in. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What do you mean? But the thing of it is, is, is they've shown us the menu, and we get to pick like four or five things off the menu. So oh, we're going to have a special menu that uh, we're going to tailor. But we'll make sure we have a little bit for everybody. We'll oh, have, yeah, you know. absolutely. Oh, my goodness. This is so exciting. Yeah, this, this place is top notch. So anyway, that's... On our website, you can go there, and there's a, a, a link to all of our live events. So let me ask you this. If there are people with special diets, like only vegetarians or whatever, I mean, can we make that happen as well? I'm going to try because I'm, I'm looking at the menu, and I've been looking at it for the last several days trying to decide because to pick four or five items mm-hmm. off of that menu is pretty hard to do. But I am going to make sure that I at least have an entree salad uh, that – vegetarians yeah, because, could go go for right we but want I'm, to make I'm, sure our, our our peeps are taken care but of but here's the thing when you do a special menu like that if you've got somebody that's vegan or mm-hmm. or something they'll fix that one person something extra. they're just trying not to have a hundred people in there that yeah. they're trying to do it once so i mean if you got a special need or gluten-free or something mm-hmm. like that they'll be able to accommodate you even if it's not on the menu oh see we'll so, hook you up yeah, i did check for that okay sure. good job babe all right so the other live event Ties into tonight's show. It's the week before that in Nashville, mm-hmm. and that's what uh, it's called. We called it the Hillbilly Graveyard because it's Hillbilly Horror Stories, mm-hmm. Graveyard t- Tales. Who's straight out of Nashville? Mm-hmm. Then you've got EVP Mediums. Now, if you guys are unfamiliar with EVP Mediums, they don't have a podcast. They travel around the country doing lectures about the paranormal investigating they do. They're going to be in town that Friday night, and we were lucky enough to snag them to come in and do oh, about a 20, 30-minute lecture. And you're going to hear David Hensley, who's one of the uh, founders of the group, tonight. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's going to be on our show doing an interview talking about some of the things they've encountered and telling you what's in store for us. Ooh. But uh, I'll give you a little bit of a heads up. They're going to be bringing, the, bringing their spirit box, and they're <gasps> going to try to have a spirit box section. They're going to bring a spirit box? Yeah. and they're going to have a... 
a spirit box session for everybody there to try to see what's going on. And if you've ever been to Hell Nashville or seen pictures, this place has got witchcraft books. It's got Aleister Crowley books. It's got skulls. And so my guess is if there's all that stuff in there, something something will come should up. come through. Oh my goodness! So this is going to be a really cool night. But he's coming on the show to tell us all this stuff, and uh, I'm kind of excited about that. He told me some of his stories off the air that he plans on telling that night, mm-hmm. and it's incredible. Oh gosh! And and also the story that he tells about how they founded the the, the uh, organization EVP Mediums is incredible. Oh, I cannot wait now. See, yeah. I'm all excited. So you're gonna you're gonna love this. So, but that's coming up uh, in the second half of the show. So let's talk about. Our episode for tonight. Okay. Are you ready to get started? Mm, Yeah, I'm ready. Now, tonight's story comes from Savannah, Georgia. Now, you've heard several times, we hear it all the time, the most haunted city in America. How many times do we hear that? Every city. Every city is the most haunted city in America. Here's the difference, though. In 2003, Savannah was actually listed as the most haunted city in America by the American Institute of Paranormal Psychology. So most people who are really into the paranormal, when you mention Savannah, Georgia to them, they automatically think about the Sowell Weed House. I'm planning on doing a story of that in the future, mm-hmm. but that's not what our story is going to be tonight. Because according to the American Institute of Paranormal Psychology, the most haunted place in the city of Savannah is the Moon River Brewing Company. Oh, all right. So guess what our story is going to be on tonight? Beer. No, the Limp Mansion in oh. St. Louis. Which, oddly enough, though, they were the founder of Anheuser-Busch. Oh, no way. Yeah. Very cool. But I'm just kidding. That's not going to be our story. We're going to do the Moon River Okay, brewery. great. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> so the building that the brewery is in now was originally built in 1821 by Elazer Early. He was from Charleston, South Carolina, and it was the city's very first hotel. Nice. It was appropriately named City Hotel. Well, you know. They didn't have a lot of, I guess, imagination. Yeah, I guess not. This was a very upscale hotel, though. It's also a bar, and it was the first post office in Savannah, and a branch of the Bank of the U.S. So (laughs) Very good. That's quite the combo. Oh, it is. All kinds of stuff. How cool is it you got the post office, a bank, and a bar all in the same place? I mean, hey, that is convenience (laughs) right there. So back to the bar part. Some of Savannah's biggest names, people with money, uh, businessmen, politicians, they all showed up and would drink at at this bar here. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, they all had differences of political opinions, and there would be several outbreaks of violence in the bar. Oh, gosh. Keep in mind, some of this was during, you know, in the latter years was during the onset of the Civil War, so there was definitely going to be some tension in the air, but we'll get to some of that a little bit later. I hope they deposited their money before that happened, (laughs) right? I guess that could could be the positive. (laughs) I've been shot. I need to get 20 out (laughs) for the hospital bill. Hurry up. Bring out the deposit slip. Now, the hotel had several very famous people that stayed there during the time it was open. There was the Marquis de Lafayette. I have no clue who that was, but apparently he was famous. I don't know, but I like that name. There was the first three Commodores of the U.S. Navy. Which oh, I thought you meant the singing group. I was I, like, what? Originally, originally, I thought that's what that was, too. And I thought, man, Lionel Richie is older than I thought he was. <laughs> <laughs> there was Winfield Scott, who was uh, he was a war hero from eighteen tw- the War of 1812. Awesome. Probably the most famous that I knew was John James Audubon. And he's the famous artist and bird lover. Spent some time here in Kentucky. We actually, if if you guys go back way back to the Patreon episodes when we first started this, we did a story about a Transylvania professor. Mm-hmm. 
and he's buried under the steps of Transylvania oh, College yeah, in Lexington, that's right. yeah. where he was good friends with John James Audubon, and they actually had some issues. They roomed together for a while or something like that while mm-hmm. he was in Lexington. But uh, John James Audubon was um, like a sketch artist. He would oh. he drew, he was real big into birds. He was a I guess an uh, what they called orthologist orthologist. I don't know a bird guy. I, I can't don't know. I have much respect for those people that can do draw like that. I think it's amazing. But he would draw draw the pictures of birds so most of the famous pictures of birds and stuff that's what he was known what for he did. Mm-hmm. and so he while well, he was trying to sell his books and stuff while he was li- living there so it was when he was really getting started with his sketching so the hotel was purchased in 1851 by a gentleman by the name of peter wilberger he renovated it and uh, he even put get this a lion and a lioness in the lobby of the hotel to try to draw attention to the hotel a real one Oh, what? Wait. Yeah, they were a real lion and lioness. Oh, lioness. gosh, darn. I'm assuming they were in cages, but still. Oh, wow. Talk, this is 1851. Yeah, that's so. not what I was picturing at all. 13 years later, in 1960, I'm sorry, 1864, I do that every time. 13 years later, in 1864, the last guest checked out. Oh, that's really sad. It wasn't because the hotel was doing poorly. It was because General Sherman and his troops from the north came down and captured the city of Savannah. It was his famous march to the sea during the Civil War. So that eventually did make its way there. When they came in, they destroyed most of the buildings in the city, but not the hotel. So the building actually served as a hospital for soldiers in the North and in the South during this time. It also served as a hospital during the numerous yellow fever outbreaks. Mm, I wonder why they didn't destroy it. I wonder why they left that. I guess because they probably just needed it Oh, for the hospital. I guess Mm -hmm. it was just adequate being four stories and... All that, so I'm, I'm just assuming. Hundreds of people, mostly children, died on the upper floors when it was a makeshift hospital during the yellow fever outbreaks. So it's not surprising that you see children and hear children yeah. inside of the Moon River Brewery. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking as I read this, so you got kids in a brewery that you hear and see, so I wonder if the, they can come in and fine you for having underage people in the bar if they're not technically alive <laughs> well that's a good question i'm pretty sure that's a no it'd be pretty jacked up oh, yeah it'd be messed up for sure so the building itself was used to store coal and lumber after this uh, in the early 1900s it was then used for more traditional storage because the um, coal kind of started going by the wayside as oh, it okay. wasn't as popular to use in the 1960s, it was an office supply store. It even had a, a really large printing press in there. But Hurricane David blew the roof off of the building in 1979, and the Everything building was ruined. forced to close. Oh, that's a shame. It was vacant for around 18 years when Moon River Brewing Company uh, opened its doors in 1997. That, is just, that just blows my mind that something can just stay there with nothing in it for that many years. It, You know, I would at one time I probably would have said that, but... I see it all the time. There's a, in one of our stores that we've got in Middletown, there's a place next to it. I've been with this company four and a half years, and that place next to it has been vacant with a sign in the window saying for rent Nobody, ever since I've I been there. I wonder what the deal is. Uh, probably too well, too I mean, expensive or something? Probably too expensive for where it's at, or if you're in a crappy shopping center nobody wants to go to. I mean, yeah. You know. So, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me anymore. Mm-hmm. So, Moon River is haunted, supposedly. But I guess that really depends on who you talk to. So, for example, one of the bar's owners, a guy named uh, George Biko, said, I've seen and experienced things that I don't understand and can't explain. 
So you got an owner now saying he's seen stuff. So you would think, you know, Mm -hmm. it's haunted. Well, that's a yes from him. But the other owner, John Pinkerton, said, I personally cannot claim any experiences that I call paranormal. What I often point out is the scariest things on this planet are living people. I don't worry about the spirits of dead people. I worry about the living people, in particular, drunk living people. Well, I can almost agree with him there because they are pretty dang scary. (laughs) So the owner disagrees, but the one thing that they would all agree on is that there is quite a history in this building that could result in a haunting. Okay. So we talked uh, briefly about violence in the bar a little bit earlier. So one of the more famous incidents was in 1832. There's a man by the name of James Stark who was a regular there at the bar. Mm -hmm. Now, by all accounts, James Stark was kind of the town jerk. He didn't get along with many people and was the type that, like, when he walked into the room, people were like, oh, man. Oh, here he comes. Yeah, he's here. Great. So one of the people Stark especially had it in for was a town doctor, a guy by the name of Philip Menace. Now, the doctor was Jewish, and apparently Stark was not a big fan of Jews and would badmouth the doctor on a regular basis and would often use uh, anti-Semitic slurs. So he would do this, like, to the guy's face. Yeah, that's terrible. And behind his back. And uh, I guess after a time, well, you know, it just got old, didn't sit well with the doctor. One night somebody, uh, I guess, got word to the doctor that Stark was up there, and he was really running him down at that mm-hmm. night. So Dr. Menace decided he was going to come up to the bar. He confronted Stark. And if if you believe the story, Stark kind of went to reach into his jacket. Mm-hmm. And when he did, the doctor drew his gun and shot and killed him. Oh, dude. So the doctor was arrested, as you would expect. And Menace was charged with justifiable homicide. Now get this, because it was an affair of honor. So I guess back then, because the guy's basically dissing you, mm-hmm. that you could actually kill somebody back then for what they would consider dissing your honor. Wow. So the jury acquitted him. And most think that the jury went very easy on on Stark, or on him, because uh, Stark was known as the town troublemaker, and the town needed a good doctor. So therefore, why lock up the doctor when he basically did everybody a favor? Yeah, seriously. Well, I mean, when you're a jerk, that's what you get. You don't treat people like that. And what if he had gotten hurt or something, and that's the only doctor? Most of the paranormal activity is thought to be from Stark in the building, especially the. more physical attacks, such as people being shoved, which happens quite on, you know, pretty often there. That people get shoved, they get smacked. Oh God, rude! <laughs> There's even one instance where a woman was shoved down a flight of stairs, even though she was by herself. Now, see, that's uncalled for. Another act of violence was in 1860. There was a. Uh, this was right during the Civil War. Cause if you remember, it was uh, 1864 was the mm-hmm. last person there. So the Civil War had already started, but it was before it was captured there. There was a New Yorker by the name of James Sinclair. He was attacked while he was in Savannah looking for work. The locals didn't really take too kindly to having a Yankee in their hotel and told him to leave. When he refused, he was drawn out of the hotel, stripped naked, and beaten to near death. They then tried to lynch him. But he barely escaped with his life. Wow. You know, you think that being a butthole in life to everybody, and now you're dead, and you can kind of see that you were a butthole, you would go a different direction. Why do you want to continue to be a butthole? What's that have to do with the story we just told? 
because dickhead or whatever his name was that sh- that was teasing the doctor. I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? I know we kind of come along with, for a couple of years now, but I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying, <laughs> if you're dead and you know that you're a terrible person, why would you keep doing that even in death? I mean, what's the point? I don't know. Maybe you're, maybe energies and people that just have... Hang, hang around with wrong dead people? No, I'm thinking that... I'm thinking that everybody's spirit or soul or whatever you want to call it is what it is. And whether you're in a body or whether you're out of a body, that's so just it the does, way you are. So you just don't think they just change. That's just who they no, are. I think and that's, that's who, who you are. Those negative energies that are in the afterworld were, were jerks on earth. Aww. That's the way I believe. See, they could do so much better with themselves. I'm sure they could. So before the hotel closed, the uh, tensions obviously was very high from uh, visiting southern hotel during the civil war and the um, constant arguing and back and forth therefore the tour guides today suggest that you do not taunt the ghost oh. because most of them were pretty violent back then and that's what you're going to get it's violence today even with the spirits well yeah but as soon as you say don't taunt the ghost you People know somebody's going to want to do it just to make sure it's real <laughs> lord knows zach bagan's dead no oh, anyway yeah. so the area of the brewery that gets the most activity is the basement the most famous ghost is a gentleman maybe, by the name of Toby. At least that's what the staff calls him. Some say that Toby is a negative spirit, and some say that Toby is a young boy. So hmm. they, don't really, they don't really have a record of who Toby is. That's just mm-hmm. what they happen they to call They just named it. him that. Yeah, there's no person that died there that they, they think that they was just him. named that Toby. But okay. some people do think that it's possible he was an employee of the hotel at one point. Mm-hmm. So The basement definitely has its share of ghostly encounters. Most of the people who go on the tours make a stop in the basement, okay? There was one ghost tour, this was a while back, and there was a woman who started to panic while she was in there. She claimed that her entire right side of her body became icy cold, and it happened almost immediately. She said she could hear voices, but she couldn't make out what the voices were saying. So they took her outside, and everything just immediately stopped. Oh. So that's one instance. But many people report that when they're down in the basement, they have very similar feelings to what this woman had. There's actually been some uh, occurrences that could be attributed to ghostly encounters. This one I thought was kind of a cool story. So this this guy's out on a date with a, with a young lady, right? Mm-hmm. And they went to Moon River for dinner. <laughs> we got a donkey in here. <laughs> Did y'all hear that? <laughs> what was that? Let's, oh, so sorry. Just, that was like weird let's just move on oh my gosh <laughs> so they went went to moon river for dinner and during dinner she excused herself to go to the restroom and it started to take a while and the guy's sitting there wondering if she just bailed on him yeah which is different to me because i would just figure she's pooping <laughs> I mean, what else is gonna take a while anyway so 10 minutes later she comes back to the table and she's got tears running down her face oh he asked if everything was okay and uh, she took a deep breath Kind of composed herself, and she told her story. She says, I was on the inside of one of the stalls. I tried to leave, and the stall wouldn't open. So she made it a point to say that it wasn't locked. The stall wasn't locked. Oh, why would you not lock your stall? Irrelevant. So she pushed on the door with everything she had. She leaned it to put it away, and the door wouldn't open. So now she started to panic, but she didn't want to cause a scene. So she tried for a minute or two longer to open the door. And then finally, she yelled out, let me out of the stall. 
Or maybe she was supposed to pull and not push. Maybe she was dumb. <laughs> so she gave another push and it came open. Oh. So. Okay. Why did she crawl so under the stall? There's ways to get up out of there, you know. She tried to compose herself before coming back to the table, but she just couldn't really get a grip on what had happened. So she didn't know her date was into the paranormal and all that stuff. She thought maybe telling the story, he would think she was a nut job. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. not sure if this was her first date or not, but this would be oh, a quick well, way to probably well, run. Yeah. So about this time, the, the server came around to refill the drinks. And uh, she asked the young lady if she was okay, because she could see she was visibly shaken, not stirred. And <laughs> I was waiting for that. I know. So the young lady at the, looked at the server and said, she, you know, you won't believe me if I told you, but something happened in the bathroom. And I think it was a ghost messing with me. So after hearing the whole story, the server said, yeah, you're not the first one that's had that happen to him. The ghosts kind of like to hang out in the women's bathroom for some reason. Oh, Lord. So Which, you can't even take crap in private. Most of these ghosts are guys. I can tell you why they probably <gasps> want to hang out. And so they're up, trying to peek in our stall. I, mean, I would think. So. Nasty. So another woman said that she refuses to go, to go to Moon River again because she was there with a gentleman and she felt someone squeeze her thigh. Ooh, she thought it was the, hot. She thought it was the young man she was with until she looked up and she could see both of his hands were on the table. Oh, where that's she could not see hot. Them. No, no, no. So this happened a second time, but it was another part of her leg. She jumped up, said all the blood drained from her face, and she promptly left and said, uh, sayonara, not coming back. And that's how I was for any of our Japanese listeners. Oh. So I threw that in there. I try to try to please everybody. See, some women would probably like that. But she, maybe she just didn't want to admit it. Yeah, maybe. You know what I'm saying? So you're saying you thought it was maybe a succubus or a, what's the other one? Cockubus? That's not right. <laughs> incubus. Incubus? Yeah, that incubus. Is? Yeah, oh. succubus are, are the women's, fittingly, and incubus are the guys. Oh. So... Anyways, so the bartender, there's a, there is a bartender, not the bartender. There's they have multiple. Oh, I was gonna say. So, I hope a, bar, so. <laughs> a bartender has seen a black shadow emerging from the wall in the basement. Yeah, another that's attack, a little scary. Another attack that we're getting ready to talk about happened in that same area of the basement. This lady said that she had was just down there and something grabbed her throat, strangled her, and pushed her backwards while it was holding her throat. Ooh. That wasn't cool. This is also the same area where Zach Bagans had become possessed one of his several times that he mm-hmm. gets possessed a week. <laughs> You're going to feel bad if he really is getting possessed. He's not getting possessed. Oh. So there's paranormal activity on the second floor, and that's where Stark's, or Stark was shot. Mm-hmm. Stark himself supposedly roams around the main floor, though. Mm-hmm. You could sometimes see him on the stairwell that leads up to the second floor. And then uh, the upper floors have a lot of shadow figures and the ever-popular Lady in White. Yeah. Got to have a Lady in White. Well, of course. She is seen upstairs. She's also seen on the stairwell. The general mm-hmm. manager said he's seen her on the stairwell several times. Yeah. This is also where the lady uh, was shoved down the stairs that we talked about, just briefly. Now, the situation with that, in the 1990s, they were going to try to do some renovation up on the upper floors. So they brought in a construction company, and the foreman's wife was the one that was shoved down the stairs. No kidding. He resigned on the spot. This was the 90s, keep in mind. And everybody has refused to come in their work ever since. And they said the upper floors are pretty much lying in... Uh, disarray and just because nobody wants to finish yeah. the job so nobody's ever went up there to fix it 
Wow. I wonder if she got hurt really bad. I don't, I don't think so. Construction crews have been chased out of there since then, so that's why nobody would do it. So there were some people that tried, but yeah, now it's got a reputation. But the fourth floor seems to have a dark energy, according to most sources. And this was the floor where many people died from yellow fever back when it was the makeshift hospital. That disease killed people without mercy. Mm. Adults, children, and many of them were children, as we spoke before. So Moon River employees have spotted bottles flying off the shelves, silverware sliding off the table, shadow figures roaming around the whole building. And we talked about Toby earlier. He apparently likes to take balls from the pool table. Oh. Ooh, like when they're playing? No. I don't think when they're playing, oh, they're just, just they'll, they'll go and they're, they're just missing. <laughs> That's kind of funny, though. There was a police officer that said he spotted a ghost in a Union soldier uniform. Oh. The GM that's there now, he says that uh, he's had an unseen force push past him to get through a door. Like, he's going to go through the door, and it's like somebody pushes him out of the way that they get through first. And then... Uh, of course, he, he got to be. <laughs> yeah, you got to be. You know what I'm saying? They said they hear a lot of footsteps into rooms where they know for a fact there's nobody in there. Yeah. And then there's also a little girl mm-hmm. there that apparently likes to play hide-and-seek. Oh, I just would like to one time meet a little girl, you know? I mean, like... You can meet I, little girls all the time. I don't mean like that, <laughs> ding-dong. <laughs> this be cool, I think. And then the last story, this was my favorite, cause, so I kind of saved it for last. The GM has a story. That he says that he's there at the bar one night, right? It's him and a bartender. They see this woman in 18th century clothes mm-hmm. walk in to the bar. And they think maybe she's doing some kind of reenactment or something in the area. But she's stopping in for a drink. But they said she was fuzzy when she first walked in. But as she got closer to the bar area itself, she became more and more clear. And then when she got right to the bar, they thought she was going to order a drink. She just disappeared. <laughs> Now, the funny thing about this is, the, like I said, the general manager and the bartender are both looking at this lady. Oh, at the and same then, time? Yeah, and when she disappears, they just kind of look at each other. Then they look, and like all kinds of people in the bar are staring at them because they were both staring at the exact same spot for like 30 seconds, and everybody was trying to figure out what the hell they were looking at. Oh, so that's I amazing. That was kind of a cool story. Yeah, that is very cool. So that is the story. That was a good story. Of the Moon River Brewing Company. Yeah, that was good. So let's uh, jump ahead real quick now that we got that done. And let's talk about our new Patreon supporters. Yes, sir. Let's do it. So we got Dustin and Brenda Mackey. Alex, who apparently doesn't have a last name. He's like <laughs> Roseanne and Madonna. You got John Applegate, Sheila Perkins, Steve Cobb. Rachel, if I screw this up, I think it's Durker. Todd Hedges actually went from uh, one amount to a higher amount. Dang, Todd. You're so nice. Todd's awesome because he even paid for our dinner that night. Yes, he did. It was very sweet. And then uh, iTunes reviews. First of all, let's stop with that. And I just want to say thank you guys for supporting our show. Um, I know you guys work hard for your money, and we appreciate it more than you'll ever know. So... Hopefully, we can keep delivering for you guys and tell all your friends. Fair enough. Yeah. We love y'all. Well, let's get on to our wonderful reviews, too. We've had a butt ton. I, I, I left this one off last week because, and I, and I really do have to apologize, Julie Gilder, who also sent me a very nice birthday she present. She did. She's such a sweetheart. Julie, for like the last two years, has sent Tracy and I birthday gifts. She has. Both years. She sent Ninja a gift. Yep. 
and she's donated to the show and i mean almost ever since the beginning hasn't yeah she? i mean she's been absolutely incredible but here's the situation we only see at least i only see the itunes reviews in america so mm-hmm. if you leave one in australia or canada or the uk like julie we don't see them. So if you leave one, tell us. Yeah, so we can uh, say your Or name. screenshot it. But if we, if you haven't heard your name mentioned and you live in a foreign country, that's why we don't see them. Yeah, please send it to us because we would love to hear from you guys. And so, we yeah. appreciate you all so much. So if you leave one, yeah, screenshot it, send it to us, and we'll get you on that list just the same. So you got Julie. You've got uh, Clinique Dave, TBBTH Dennis, TLA10, Karen B2007, P. Ballman, Rain in Rouge. You know what? I think that's Rogue. Either way, Rain, we got you. Can't be too many Rains out there. Haunted Gypsy in Michigan. Uh, Lupita, 10987. Alex, Ya Palix. <laughs> that made me giggle. Brandon <laughs> Sigley, Jay Joslin. And we screwed this one up last week. Oh. So I, I said I would redo it. This is the actual, and this is this is actually a website, which is why he wanted it done correctly, because I, I did it wrong and it wouldn't have got you anywhere. Uh. www.pacmanimpactsite.info. Very good. And I've looked into this a little bit, and I know he wants me to give my opinion on it and I haven't read enough on it to give my opinion so sorry I'll get back with you on this but it's basically got to do with how the earth was created and if a meteor smacked into it oh and, very cool and I mean it's it's really fascinating but I really haven't had a chance okay. to look into yeah, it yeah we but need to look into that it's, it's, I'm not going to say conspiracy theory because that's not really what it is but mm-hmm. it's just about a, thinking that the world might have been created a different way than what we've been taught and oh. all that stuff. So, you know, because you always hear, oh, it took 100 million years for this mountain. And he's thinking that if there was a meteor that crashed and it would make the indentions on the earth mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and it could have happened instantly instead of over oh. millions of years. So, so that's that's basically what it's about. So, wow. anyway. Can't wait to hear that. All right. Are we ready to hear this interview with David Hensley uh, yes. from and EVP Mediums? Thank you guys for the reviews. We appreciate it. I hope you keep them coming. It makes my day for sure. Absolutely. I love the reviews myself. Yeah. I do want to say real quick before the interview that he was in a place that had bad inter- internet. He's like at a uh, campground. Oh, yeah. He was camping. Yeah. So he took the time out to do this. So there is a few spots in it where you can hear it kind of go in and out. But overall, mm-hmm. the interview is pretty good. So if, yeah. it, if you hear it get a little bad, it doesn't stay that way. The whole interview kind of comes and goes. But there's most of it's pretty good shape. All right, guys, we got a special treat for you tonight. I am joined on the phone by David Hensley. He is with EVP Mediums, and uh, you've probably seen that name because we've been advertising them being part of the live event that we're doing October 20th in Nashville with uh, Macabre Melts and Graveyard Tales. David, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing? Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Doing great. It's funny. We have a a listener that's part of our Facebook group, and uh, she knows you very well. Uh, but, but, Mid uh, bits, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she she was uh, she was telling me a while back about how great you guys were, and then she couldn't believe that you were going to be part of the show in Nashville because I guess you guys are from Ohio, correct? Correct. We're up by um, a town called Lorraine, Ohio, which is pretty much well, it is. It's right on the lake, on Lake Erie. Our base, actually, uh, the house that we work out of for the group is uh, our co-founder's house, Randy's. It's one block from the lake, so all the way up north. Must be nice. I bet it's cold as hell in the wintertime, ain't it? 
Yes, it is. <laughs> so let me ask you this. T- tell me a little bit about EVP Mediums and you know how the group got started, how many people you got in, in the group, and what you guys typically do. Because I know you, I've seen a lot of videos and stuff where you guys are out on the circuit doing some uh, lectures and stuff like that. And matter of fact, that's how this came to be with the Nashville show is you guys are going to be in town that Friday night doing a lecture, which made it right. really convenient to be a part of the show. So tell me about EVP yeah. mediums. Well, it, it probably sounds crazy, but I have never been one that liked paranormal groups. Never really wanted to be in a paranormal group per se. I mean, uh, I was a, myself, I was a professional corporate professional for many years and I, struck out and uh, had my own restaurant for about six years. But I really, well, I've always been interested in paranormal. I had some personal experiences as a teenager and it really did fascinate me. But, you know, being in the corporate world, I didn't want to talk about it. You know, I, I couldn't have ha- afford to have people question my judgment as far as a manager or a director. So, and basically it was in the, really just in the back of my mind. And then I hired a uh, part-time Randy uh, he was a manager of my restaurant, and one day he came in, and he was you're probably going to think I'm nuts, but something's going on at my house. I'm like, what? And he's telling me he has uh, doors that are opening by themselves. He went downstairs, came up, all the kitchen cabinets uh, were standing straight out. Uh, he had he would hear a woman singing. So I'm curious. Uh, basically, that's how this all got started. I found a team for him uh, to come in and investigate his home. They did some EVPs. EVPs actually matched the previous owners of the home many, many years ago. So from that point on, I was pretty much hooked. And since I own my own business, I could pretty much devote as much time as I wanted to it. And that really is, you know, the, the birth of EV mediums. But we founded ourselves on three principles. One is to help the client. Someone's having a haunting. It's very important to us that they feel like they're not alone, uh, that there is people that would believe them and try to help them. Number two is help the spirit. I can tell you, Jerry, every, you know, whether people believe in ITC or EVP or not, we get help me at every single investigation, not once, but many times. And I, it, it's hard for us to go into a location, do an investigation and just leave. So we won't take a case if the client doesn't agree to allow us to attempt to cross that spirit over. And then our third mission is to educate the public. And that's why we do a lot of lectures and, you know, let people know that there is something there, what it is, you know, that's anybody's guess. So let me ask you this. The, the name of the group is EVP Mediums. How did the name come about? Do you guys all consider yourself to be mediums or just some? No. Or is that just the name? No. <laughs> Very good question. The only true medium on our group is Randy. Poor guy by him. It was not by choice. This is where this whole thing gets so bizarre. It, it's actually kind of unbelievable when you really look at it. But I was doing EVPs for months and months and months after Randy's house was investigated, and I was doing them on a daily basis because it just fascinated me, and I was getting all kinds of stuff. And then I started doing uh, a few investigations on my own, and that's before the uh, forming of EVP mediums. And then one day, I said, Randy, would you mind going along? I'd like to start videotaping some of the investigations. He said, sure. So we scheduled the weekend. I didn't tell him where this was. Uh, he had no knowledge of this uh, house at all. So I pick him up, and we're heading to 
his house to do an investigation and he's acting you know very fidgety and kind of strange i'm like what's going on and he goes I, you know this is crazy he said but i know where we're going to i said i haven't even told you where we're going he goes no you're going to get off on 90 you're going to turn left and he said it's going to be about two blocks and he described that house area in perfect detail oh wow when we when we got out of the car he was so shaken and at that time they were our very first video clients uh susan and bill they came out and they were just, you know, Brandy felt embarrassed because he was actually, he controls emotions, he started crying, but they were really wonderful people. And he said, when you go in the house, there's going to be a fireplace on the left, he's on the right, in the back, he said, there's going to be a sunroom, he said, and he was describing everything that used to be as far as wallpaper description, everything. You know, was it a fluke? That's what we kind of thought, okay, well, pretty much every case I took him on, he was getting stronger and stronger as far as precise details before we would arrive at the property. Why and how this all occurred, uh, I don't know. You know. In the beginning, I'll be honest. It's like, okay, well, you know, I'm not sure. It's not that I would think that he would ever lie, but in the beginning, I thought, okay, well, maybe it's his imagination, and he's just batting a thousand. <laughs> you know, but um, time and time again, he has things he would say or see, and we'd arrive on the property, and it was there. I mean, I think for me, the final one that convinced me that he has some kind of gift is we did a case in Pennsylvania. Uh, normally, I do not take cases that are like demonic, but it was a referral from a friend. So I did it for a favor to see because she felt that there was something very dark and based upon what they were telling us. I'm thinking, you know, this is not really this is outside of us. But we went and randy the night before he said every time i get a vision of the house there's a black veil it's like somebody drops a black veil in front of me and i can't see so i can tell you this it's in the country uh the house he said it probably sounds strange the house sits into a hillside and he said the garage is actually the basement and jerry he nailed it <clears throat> he nailed it and he, and he said i see a black car he said it's like a muscle car from the 60s or 70s i had a dream last night and that was being choked in the passenger seat but we put that the house, you know, the house is on the hillside. We back, and lo and behold, you know, you, you pull the car right into the basement doors. The garage is in the basement, and there is a beautiful uh, Camaro sitting in the garage. So let me ask you this. How many people are part of your group right now? Right now, we have seven. We have two camera tech video guys. We have a controller, Joyce. Uh, she kind of controls our volunteer funds and uh, our purchasing of our equipment. And she's also an active investigator. Shelly uh, is actually a police officer. Uh, she uh, has been, been very integral in our team. She's our case manager. And now uh, we recently had another member join our team, uh, Vicki. She's a photographer. So she will be taking a lot of stills. Uh, we wanted to increase our visual evidence a little bit because we've always focused mainly on communication, trying to find out why a, you know, a spirit is deciding to hang out at a location. So we're kind of like pushing that. Well, let's see what we can do to get some more visual evidence. So let me ask you this. Like you guys do these lectures, like the event you're going to be doing that Friday night in Nashville. What do you guys do right. when you go to those lectures? What kind of talks are they there? Are, they, are you brought in specifically for certain talks? Give me an idea of what those things consist of. Yeah, we have a general PowerPoint presentation that we begin. We first uh, will introduce our group, of course. We define uh, many different types of spirits, how many spirits, you know, at least on what we know. We talk about, you know, there's a uh, human, basically it boils down to in my book, two types of uh, spirits, human or non-human. 
We will talk about, um, you know, what constitutes a haunting. Uh, we, of course, because of our name being EVP mediums, we talk about electronic voice phenomena and the difference between that and ITC, instrumental transcommunication. Um, we kind of, and then we talk about uh, quite a few of our cases. We always get uh, one of the reasons, too, that we do lectures is uh, I lost my dad when I was 10. And I lost my grandparents and really didn't realize how much it affected me as a person until my later years. And, uh, you know, if we can bring one ounce of closure to somebody or someone can hold on to hope and know that their loved one is in a better place, but, you know, it's not the end. That's one of the things that we you know, try to do with our lectures. And then we have a, uh, a collage of uh, a lot of our investigations where we show we're getting direct to it with spirits, you know, now, full sentences, they're answering questions, um, and then we take questions from the audience. So what do you guys have planned for us that night? Because you guys are going to have 20, 30 minutes to be able to uh, interact with the crowd. I don't know if right. we have the stuff uh, there to be able to do a PowerPoint presentation, unless that's something you guys are bringing. But, I mean, what kind of uh, – I know y'all plan on telling some stories and stuff. Can you give us any idea of what yeah. you might have planned for these fine folks? Yeah, um, I think we're talking about some of our most, our, we have quite a few fun cases that were just, uh, where the spirits were actual jovial. Um, they, it was a delight to actually to do the investigations and crossover. We're hit upon a few of our dark out of, we're, we're looking at, uh, we're pushing 70 video investigations and out of 70 investigations, really there was about five that we would classify as extremely dark or non-human um, we're not demonologists. Uh, we tell that to our clients. So if, if we determine that something is really dark or negative there, we do everything we can to assist. Uh, we do have a, uh, a, um, in the Cleveland Diocese of Toledo, we do have a demonologist that we consult with, or we will turn it over to him if the client, again, it has to be up to the client if they're willing to accept that help. But, uh, you know, anything that's we believe is non-human, we, we just, we won't tackle. Our families are more important, and we don't want to, you know, we can't uh, you know, get involved in that. We've had about, like I said, about five cases that we believe were non-human, so we we'll touch upon a few of those. We've just recently met uh, through Facebook and stuff, not in person, but right. you knew, um, this all got connected as far as you getting associated through the show, through uh, Graveyard Tales. How do you know those guys? <laughs> well, I know I knew both of you because... Um, after I sold the restaurant, uh, I decided I wanted a normal, sane day job, Monday through Friday. And, of course, being in a restaurant and then for 25 years, I was in the entertainment industry and the theme park business. So I, I've never known what a Monday through Friday job is. So after I sold the restaurant, I went into manufacturing. Currently now I'm uh, working a CNC uh, shop and we work 10 hours a day in second shift. And some of those long running jobs, it can get pretty boring and, you know, trying to pass time. So I started listening to podcasts and uh, found you guys and uh, found you to be very creditable. I found you to be very uh, entertaining. You guys were awesome. You know, both of uh, Hillbilly Horror Stories and Graveyard Tales, you know, just the right amount of humor with, uh, you do research well, which I think is awesome. So um, I sent uh, just a compliment out and basically that's how we got to know each other at Graveyard Tales. And it kind of snowballed from there. Oh, really cool. We're definitely glad to have you part of the show. I know originally when we talked, we really didn't have any specific plans. We were just going to have you guys there. I guess if you know people want to ask questions, and I know I said, hey, would you be interested in, in coming on and actually just doing some 
some stuff at the live show, put it, put on a live show for us. And you said you were all for right. it. So, I mean, we're, we're excited about it. I mean, I think it's, uh, and that's why I wanted to have you on here. Cause I wanted people to know that it's not just our two shows that are going to be out there. You guys are going to be doing 20, you know, 20, 30 minutes of, of some pretty cool stuff that we can't really do. I mean, we, we've not right. done investigations. We've not done, uh, uh, and seen some of the things you guys have seen. So your aspect of the show will be different than any live event we've done because it's always just been podcast telling the story. You guys have real documented proof of things that you've actually done yourselves. I think that's going to be a, an awesome aspect of this show. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. You know, I, it crossed my mind, too, to attempt maybe we could do a live ITC session, see if there's any spirits hanging out, you know, there. There's a lot that we can do. I, I can tell you that, you know, when looking at all of our cases, it is amazing the amount of, you know, backing up a little bit on uh, EVP. The EVPs are extremely subjective, uh, as well as many forms of ITC. And you wonder how much your brain is, is translating or transcribing correctly. I'm okay. Is it really saying that or is I uh, am I just hoping it does or do we think it's saying that, um, you know, we're pretty careful on our videos. We put up front that we never claim that's 100% accurately transcribed. But what sells it for me and why I'm so passionate about what we're doing is when we can get specific information and then find out later, uh, in, in some cases, that the information we got from these sessions was 100% accurate. You know, I can't write that off as audio pareidolia you know it's there's you know there's something there uh when we can ask them you know i can hold up four fingers and say how many fingers am i holding up and we get a distinctly clear four you know we do a lot of what we call validation questions um and and i'll tell you we found that over the time it's like you gotta i know it sounds kind of crazy but you kind of have to keep the spirit's attention um or focused but if we feel like we're starting to get gibberish or we're getting algorithms from the, the computer programs, we will then start asking validation questions to bring it back in. And we've gotten some amazing response. We had this one case that we were uh, doing validation questions, and I just I, all I could do was laugh, but our client, he was a big fan of John Wayne, and he had uh, old Western stuff uh, in his bedroom, and there was a picture of uh, John Wayne. And I pointed to it when we are doing ITC, and I said, can you tell me who this is and what you know, and very clear, Jerry came back to the Duke. Now, hmm. most young people wouldn't realize that that was John's, you know, name, the Duke. They called him the Duke. So it's hard to miss that as, you know, just random gibberish. Of course, there is a lot of stuff that, you know, I, I don't know if we've actually transcribed correctly or not, but uh, there's something out there. And when we uh, talked in our lectures, you know, I kind of, it, it's a tough subject when you get into religion and, and we really try to avoid that. All I can tell people is that in my, our personal belief is that these are human spirits, you know, based upon many investigations at this point. Um, we believe that uh, the soul does go on based, again, that's our personal belief, um, just based upon the intelligence. Now, and I, you know, sit here and say without, you know, 100% that this is fact, no. You know, and we tell people, if, if you know, unfortunately, a lot of the paranormal teams, they will get, even kind of get um, angry. They'll get, uh, you know, this is the way it is. And then I just have to chuckle and, bite and shake my head. It's like, you know, how do you know that? You know, how does anybody, you know, this field is too big to wrap your head around. You know, so, um, you know, we just, 
more or less, we like to share things that evidence suggests. And we say that a lot, you know, based upon this, it's a jest or it seems. But again, we, we can't come uh, across and say that something is 100% factual because it's too big, I think, to wrap our head around. So let me ask you a couple of quick questions and I'll let you go. I know you're uh, out doing some camping and stuff. Tell me a little bit, because I, I'm semi-familiar but not totally familiar, tell me a little bit about what ITC actually is, and then tell me your thoughts on Spirit Box. Yeah, ITC stands for Instrumental Transcommunication, and what's different between ITC and EVP, Electronic Voice Phenomena, was discovered way back in the, the late 30s. It was discovered that tape recordings, such as you know regular standard tape recorders, today you could say digital recorders, we get EVPs picked up on our video camera microphone quite often. These are voices that just appear on a recording device. ITC is you're actually kind of helping the spirit along, uh, such as using a ghost box, a spirit box. Um, there's quite a few uh, computer programs that have been written out there that we've had great success with that uh, somehow, and, and I can't give you the answer to that, uh, somehow they seem to be able to either manipulate uh, the sound waves and be able to form words, or uh, it could be that it's a carrier. You know, that uh, they're providing them background and, and somehow they're, you know, again, it's, it's, we're getting the answers through these programs. We have found that on many programs, however, and this is where it becomes really tricky. If we feel there's not, or it seems like if there's not spirits willing to communicate, we will see algorithms. And some programs, there may be, a, let's say, a catchphrase, just letting you know, just letting you know. I'll hear that over and over again, and I may hear it three weeks from now, and I may hear it three months from now, just to let you know. You know, unfortunately, that's when I have to say, okay, that's an algorithm, right? Because we've heard these phrases before, we've heard these words before, and the way that they're, the inflection and what they're being said. So we're getting a lot of algorithms. Let's stop this session or let's change the bison because, you know, we're getting repeat algorithms. But in a case of, you know, I can, I can take two, well, actually three. You can, you know, it's easy to say, okay, these are all algorithms. However, we did a uh, benefit for the AMVETS uh, in Brooklyn, Ohio, where we raised money for the Sailors uh, and Sailors uh, Retirement Home. When we did that investigation at the AMVETS, we had every, it, it was amazing the amount of ITC that made reference to the ship. It made reference to their captain. It made reference to, we were broken up as shark tape. And then they proceeded to tell us how their ship sank. Uh, when we did the Lorraine Palace Theater, we got direct answers uh, that said they were uh, entertainers. Uh, and then recently, our lighthouse investigation, they talked about very clearly uh, lighthouse the words. So it's hard to say these are algorithms when we're getting words that are in line with the property that we are investigating. So, it, But it does become a little tricky when you're using IT. The more you use it, the more you know the software, the more it's easy to determine okay, are you getting hits or are you getting gibberish? David, brother, I appreciate you coming on and, and spending some time. I know you're out having a little bit of leisure time, and you, you interrupted that for about 30 minutes to speak with us, so I appreciate it. And I can't wait to uh, have you guys on the show in Nashville. It's going to be fun. Oh, thank you, Jerry. We appreciate it very much. It's been awesome talking to you, and we can't wait to see you. All right, brother. Now, yeah, I would look forward to an ITC session in there because, I mean – a lot yeah. of these live shows are in, are in are in little bars or whatever. This place, it's got enough crazy stuff in there where you never know what's going to be attached to some of the things they have in there that something could come out. 
Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. As I said, well, maybe we could do a live uh, ITC session. And I started thinking, wait a minute, <laughs> the amount of stuff in that place. Who knows what we'll get? But uh, yeah, it would be cool to to get some stuff that would, uh, you know, be able to do some validation questions where the whole group would be able to see that we're getting direct responses. I'm looking forward to it, brother. We'll see you in October. All right, buddy. You have a good one now. Thank you guys so much for giving us your time this week. We uh, hope you enjoyed this episode on the Moon River Brewing Company. Yes, we hope you did enjoy it. And I don't know what that monster or that donkey was in there somewhere, but uh, they made an appearance. So (laughs) we don't know where that came from. But I hope you guys have a blessed week and have a great week. And we love you and we'll talk to you next week. Yep, visit our website. Join, look at our wall of heroes so you can see all the people that donate their time to our country and other countries around the world. Also, make sure that you jump on there and get our tickets for mm-hmm. the live shows. Both of them are available on there. Easy peasy. And uh, you can also get your shirts and stuff to wear at your event. Oh, heck yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.